Welcome everyone to the Health, Happiness and Planet podcast, where we explore different ways to boost our well-being, live a more fulfilling life and protect our planet. This podcast is sponsored by Wave Business Excellence Footprint, the digital training company that cares about your development and the well-being of this planet. You can find the courses for employees and managers under www.wave-bef.com. In today's episode, we're going to focus on becoming healthier and happier by getting back to what we should intuitively know. I'm thrilled to introduce you to my fabulous guest, Christine, from Los Angeles, California, USA. She is an intuitive healer, certified hypnotherapist, life coach, and author, bringing universal freedom, love, light, and healing to all who seek her services. She helps her clients overcome stress, anxiety, and other mental and emotional blocks that are caused by fears and limiting beliefs. Through her gifts of intuitive healing combined with extensive training in psychology, hypnotherapy, NLP, EFT, and life coaching, she empowers her clients to achieve their goals and dreams and experience inner peace and happiness in the areas of love, health, career path, and purpose. Christine published two books. One is called Living Through Choice and the newest book is called Wisdom Unbounded, a guide to alignment, freedom and peace. In this conversation, we're going to cover many topics and also discuss the value her book brings to the world. I am thrilled to introduce you to this amazing guest, Christine. Hello, Christine, and uh, thanks for joining the Health, Happiness, and Planet podcast. It's so great to have you here. Thank you so much for having me, Juan. It's so nice that you took the time for our conversation. And my first question to you is, could you please tell us your story and how did you find about your gift as an intuitive healer? Yes, it's a long story, so I'm going to try to keep it as short as possible. Since I was a child, I always felt very different when it came to, you know, our physical world and the metaphysical world. I was always fascinated with magic and I was always fascinated with metaphysical stuff, ghosts, spirits, angels and all that. Yes. And of course, when my family and I moved to the States, where do you go? What do you do with that? Right? Of course, and also in my culture, and generally in society, it is not that acceptable for you to be an intuitive person and for you to be spiritual. Spiritual is only just even when I do, you know, search on spirituality, only religious stuff comes up. And so to me, there's a difference in religion and spirituality, honestly, although they can both go under the same umbrella of spirituality. And of course, I went to school and I graduated, I got my degree and then moved into, you know, accounting was an easy kind of place to find opportunities. So I fell into that for about eight to 10 years, I was in that space. And because that is all I knew, I didn't know how else I could change anything in my life. But as the years went by from job to job, it never really worked for me. It felt like I was constantly hitting walls. No matter how hard I tried, no matter how hard I worked, I was not succeeding in it. Not that I wasn't doing my job. I was successfully doing my job, but when it came to growth, it was like plateau. There was always a ceiling, like something was not working. And so within 10 years, of course, as my emotions kind of started taking a toll on me and 
I started physically getting sick. I had a nerve damage on my right arm, all emotionally created. So there was really nothing there, but my emotions were creating all these issues for me not to work. <laughs> yeah, your body was saying, okay, we need to give some signals so that you realize that whatever you're doing is not the right direction. Exactly, exactly. And so, of course, about this was 2009, I really hit rock bottom. And as I hit rock bottom, I realized that there's no way I can continue with accounting because one day I just got up out of my desk and told my coworkers, if I have to do this for the next 30 years, I'd rather die. And that scared me. And besides that, being at the doctor's office every week and my doctor saying, this is all emotional, like you need to change something, whatever it is in what area of your life, you're not happy, you need to change it. And my career was it. And so, of course, one thing I could do because I didn't know anything else, I just started to hardcore pray, just pray to God. God, I know there has to be something out there. This can't be it. This isn't my life. And my children were so young. They were one and three years old. And I was just looking at my life and how much I loved my kids. But I felt so empty inside. I was like, I don't want to pass this world on to them. So I just prayed and cried. And within three months, it was like... I can't even tell you other than divine intervention because I had a very vivid dream. And in this dream, I was wearing a white coat and I looked at my feet and up and I said, I know who I am. Now, I knew I was not a doctor, but I knew somehow because all my life since I was a little girl, I just loved helping people. I loved talking to people. I loved helping people. But anytime people said, you'll be such a great psychologist, I was like, ooh, no way. I don't want to do, you know, I don't want to judge people. I don't want to label people. I don't want to diagnose people. That's not my world. So that can't be, you know, psychology can't be it. So, of course, I didn't know any other way. So I woke up that morning and at that time I was truly still forcing the accounting and I was studying for the CPA exam. I hated it with passion, but I was still doing it because that's all I knew and I thought, well, if I become a CPA, then maybe something will work out. Well, it wasn't working out. So I woke up that morning and I searched hypnotherapy. And I looked at that word and I kind of went, what the heck is this? Because in my culture, we don't even believe in therapy, yet alone <laughs> hypnotherapy. But at that moment, there was such desperation in me that I had to surrender and trust in the process. So I looked it up and I noticed that within 20 mile radius, there was a school that had been around an accredited school for 45 years and hypnotherapy school. And I was like, okay, so that's a possibility. There's a school close by. And then I thought, okay, if this is God's guidance, I have to experience it myself for me to know that this actually works for me to dedicate to a school, a one-year program. So then I, of course, searched and I found a therapist from their website and I went to her. And by the third session, it was like, literally, I knew what I needed to do. This is I'm talking about from March to June of 2009. I suddenly knew exactly who I was, what I was meant to do. I signed up for the school at the same time I signed up to do my master's in psychology because also coming from my cultural background, we always love to have that solid Western degree and all that because I didn't want people to think oh you're just a hypnotherapist what do you know about the mind you know what I mean <laughs> so of course I started both programs with my kids and I can't even imagine I look back at videos of my children when they were little and I noticed that my laptop is in front of me with my school information yeah. and I have the camera in my hand and 
making videos of my children so I don't miss their childhood while I'm doing what I need to do. And to be honest with you, since 2009, my world changed and I've never looked back and I've only grown and I've only been blessed with thousands of clients and now two books that I've written and which I never thought when I was writing my first book and my editor was like, you're an author. And I was like, I'm not an author. I just want to share this information. She was like, you're an author. Amazing. <laughs> and I was like, okay. Like she said, step into that role. Yeah. And now after my second book, now I'm comfortable to say that, yes, I am sharing this information. I am helping my brothers and sisters around the world, whoever gets to read my books, to remember our truth yeah. because we have fallen asleep in our society, in our world, as who we are. And it's time for us all to remember who we are and our mission and our purpose. Because if we don't love what we do, we're not living our mission. And that's my story. Wow, that is so amazing. (laughs) Sometimes in order to rise up to that level, to really know that you are in the right path, sometimes one has to go through that bumpy road to realize like, mm-hmm. okay, now I can differentiate between the right yes. and the wrong path, and I'm so yes. sure I'm on the right path. Exactly. And now when I guide my clients, I tell them if it is flowing, it's meant to be. If it's not flowing, you need to change it. Otherwise, you're just going to hit a wall constantly. Yeah. And there's no need for us to suffer. And that's where suffering and struggle comes from in our world. And that's not necessary because we We're not born to suffer and struggle. We are truly born to thrive, to be resilient, to be empowered. And this is what we have forgotten as, you know, the human nature, humankind. And it's time for us to remember. I think as soon as somebody starts to thrive and feel healthier and happier, then they can start tapping into their own magic that was brought with them to this world. Then they can start doing all these great things that they want to achieve in life. And I think that is what is maybe a little bit like where they're just walking around with a big cloud on their head. If they do not have that health and that level of mindset, then it will be really hard for them to do those things that they came here to do, their vision that they want to achieve. My next question for you is, The definition of intuitive healer means that when you feel like in your gut, when you feel something is right, if you're doing the right thing or the wrong thing, is that more or less right? Yes. And it also is that when I channel messages from my clients in sessions, sometimes, you know, spirit can come through in my sessions and sometimes their guides can come through and give a message. And there's been moments where my clients wouldn't, of course, tell me every little detail of their lives. Uh, for an example, I had a client and in session, the moment we started our hypnotherapy part of the session, Spirit said, to remind her and tell her she needs to remove the mercury, the feelings from her teeth. Oh. And this woman had a brain tumor. Yeah. And so as soon as we came back up out of the session, I said, do you have possibly mercury feelings in your teeth? And she said, yes. How do you know? I said, spirit said, I have to tell you to remove those because that is also affecting your brain. It's poisoning you. And so that's that kind of thing. Like that intuitive healing is the part where suddenly a message can come through or 
it could be as simple as your sodium levels are low. And I would tell my clients, I go go to the doctor, get it checked out, see if that's that's real. And then they text me or they see me next session going, oh my God, you were right, it was. You yeah. know what I mean? So it just depends. Does it happen every time, every session? No. The more open my clients come into our sessions, the more magic happens. Because yeah. I, with every client, I respect their process and their growth. So for a client that is not comfortable with spirit guides or guardian angels or spirit loved ones. Obviously, I'm not going to push that information onto them. You just go with every client's formula of what they're comfortable with and what they're open with. And your clients, do they have to be present there with you or can it also be an online session? Thank you for that question. That is a beautiful question. I do have clients all over the world. I have wow. clients in Vienna. I have clients all over the States. So no. This works just as great. Zoom sessions work just as great. We can do hypnotherapy. We can do coaching. We can do breath work. I mean, even the energy flow, you can feel because energy flows. There is no limits yeah. to energy. And we're all so connected energy at the can end. be sent. <laughs> exactly. 100%. Exactly. Yes. For those who cannot see me on the podcast because it's an audio, I'm smiling at the moment. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that is um, something that I do not hear very often, but I did hear that this exists. And I'm deeply touched to hear about this, that some people in this case like you have discovered that you do have that power. And when you did realize that you have that and when you experienced, let's say, the first messages that came to you when you were with a client, what was your initial reaction? Did you have to like learn how to channel that better or did you have someone who could teach you how to be better at that? Or how did that work at the beginning? That's a perfect question. I took many classes from angel courses to intuitive courses to mediumship courses to many, many different things. And in the beginning, this is way in the beginning of my world. I used to walk away with going, oh my God, how come those people had all those experiences and I didn't? How come, how come, how come? And I remember many, many years ago when I was meditating, sometimes I would literally hit myself in the center of my forehead in my third eye and say, open already. <laughs> But the greatest lesson I learned that my third eye was never closed. Our third eye is never closed. We just don't trust it. We don't practice it. We don't live by it. We live the human way, the logical way, the egotistical way, the left brain way. Instead of just trusting that intuitively we have everything that we need, all the information is already there. And the more that I simply just affirmed Basically, my affirmation was, I trust myself, I trust my intuition, I trust and I surrender. I trust and I surrender. Because sometimes even when my clients tell me, oh my God, you're so intuitive, you're so gifted, I'm like, so are you. You just need to trust yourself more. And they always ask me, how? Affirm, affirm. I trust myself, I believe in myself, I am intuitive, I am open. If you believe, your belief becomes your experience. So true. So we spoke about the word channel. Yeah. So what does it mean to become a clear channel for the universe in your words? Because I think probably some of my listeners, maybe it's for the first time that they're hearing this and they do not really understand that that much. Could you clarify that a little bit for us? 100%. And I'll start from the beginning for people to know that we all are that way. The first two years of our lives, 
from zero to two years old. We all are in our genius, in our intuitive, wide open channel space, which is why when you look at babies, they are happy, they are joyful, they are present, they are amazed at this world. When you look at them, the way they look at everything, they're like, oh my goodness. And until two years old, in all reality, we are carried right until we really start walking and then we start falling we start feeling hurt and this and that and we suddenly realize oh my god i'm not everything i'm not painless i can get pain i can do this and i can get into that space so the first two years of our lives we are all in that full open channel intuitive place and then depends on our families and how we're raised at school and all that stuff slowly but surely we are told what stop daydreaming Stop being, you know, distracted, focus, be responsible, do your homework, do this, don't talk about that, that's not okay, that's not normal. If children talk about, oh, I saw, let's say if a grandmother has passed away, I saw grandma, they're like, shh, don't talk about that, that's not normal, people will make fun of you. We slowly but surely start to bring down the veil and quote unquote, I'm going to say, close our eye, our third eye, our intuitive eye. So becoming a channel is simply, and it can happen at any moment at any time. The most of the time when it happens is truly when we hit rock bottom in our lives or something traumatic happens, a loss, an accident, this, that, in every person's life because we are never meant to move away from our mission. But because we move away from our mission and not by choice, but by society and schools and religion and this and that, we close off. But then the moment that's shaking us awake has to happen in some form or another. Some people, it's an illness. Some people, it's an accident. Some people, it's a loss of a job, of a relationship, of a whatever it may be. It just jolts us awake. And then from there, of course, many of us need to go through the process of cleansing, clearing the baggage that we have gathered over the years, whether it's from past lives or current life or combination of the two. And the more that we clear this karmic baggage, the more your vibration and frequency increases. It's kind of like I always tell my clients the metaphor of a helium balloon. If you put weight underneath it and tie it to that weight, that helium balloon is not going anywhere. It's just going to kind of float, but it's not going anywhere. But the moment you cut that cord, what happens? It just floats up. And that's literally our vibration and energy of the more that we raise our vibration and frequency energy, the more intuitive we become, the more connected that we are because that metaphysical world, that quantum field world is floating at the highest vibrational place. We cannot be in our dark space, ego, fear, doubt, worry, and expect for that information to connect with us easily. Yeah. And when do we get to the place where because many people live in fear, with fear, right? When do we get to that place that we manifest something, that we attract something, is when things get so bad, so hard oftentimes, that you just surrender. And in that surrender is really that cord cutting that happens, that you're high, you yourself, like a balloon, just float up, connect to that vibration and energy. And I know before we started the recording, the session you said, I would visualize and I would think it, and then quickly, soon after, it will manifest. That's literally what it is. It's the faith, it's the trust, it's the belief, and it's the surrender. Those are the magic key words that really vibrationally get us to that place that we are able to connect to that. Because anything and everything that is 
from joy to unconditional love to abundance to prosperity to wealth to happiness all of it is available to us in the quantum field it's just how much do we believe how much do we surrender how much do we have faith how much do we trust how much do we let go or are we trying to control everything the less we control the more effortless our life becomes it's just it's kind of like controlling a river building a dam versus just letting the river flow (laughs) it's that simple yeah wow that's so powerful when I was a kid, I was always intuitively very, um, well, even though today I'm getting close to my 50s and I'm still a very jolly and happy person. So I, I tend to have like my energy is a little bit probably higher because I do not like looking at bad news in TV. And that's just always negative stuff that is being feeding into your system. Then I always try to check in to see how am I feeling. I think it's like intuitively probably every couple of minutes where I just always feel, okay, where am I right now? Am I feeling good? Am I feeling happy? Am I joyful? Every morning when I get up, I just think, oh, I'm so grateful I woke up that I have this place, this house. I'm living here in this country and have so many great things. So I try to really keep myself very, very in a high level of energy. And therefore, when I started thinking about the things that I wanted to achieve in life, somehow they always manifested either half a year later or one year later. And if I wanted to have a specific job or if I wanted to have a, in those days, uh, I wanted to have a specific car. And then somehow later it came true. Yeah, I had that job. I had that car. So then afterwards, you start realizing that it's really so important that you always check in on what types of, I would say, energy you have throughout the day. And if there's a moment that I feel a negative energy, like a negative uh, thought, or if I feel fear, or if I feel angry, I always try to think, what's the root cause of that? Why do I feel that way? And how do I change it so that I get back to my normal state, back again to my default state, I would say. That's how somehow I was feeling when I was growing up. And later when I heard about what you are speaking about today and I read the books and I was thinking, wow, that's really amazing that I was able to go that path without having anybody tell me about it. But I somehow did it intuitively. I don't think I have yet so many powers like other people out there, but definitely this is something that it's so great to hear that you mention that people need to know about it, that they all have the capacity to have these powers. 100%. And the only reason why it's been kept from us is because our world is needed to be what it needed to be. To me, this planet is the planet of us really working through karmic debts. But eventually, as you work through your karmic debts, you get to that place where you do live heaven on earth in the physical body. Because so many of us religiously, my own mother herself believes this is hell and she needs to die to go to heaven. And I don't believe in that. I believe anywhere is home. Anywhere is heaven. And it can be hell as well. Yeah. It's whatever we choose it to be. Correct. Wow. Yes. So you've been living truth. That's living truth. You never moved away from your truth. Just as an idea right now that I just had, could it be that if you are envisioning something that even though it's not for you, that it still could come through, it could still be manifested. And then you would think later, oh, gosh, I was actually visualizing that. And now that I got it, I actually realized it was not for me. And then you just change your vision. Can that happen? Absolutely. Because we are our own creation. We are co-creating our life every single moment, every single day, even with our emotions. As my clients always tell me after our first session, they're like, I'm so much more aware of my emotions. I'm so much more aware of my actions. And as long as we are asleep in the ego state, we're not aware, which is why so many people suffer and struggle in depression and anxiety and panic attacks and all of that stuff. But the moment you are aware and awake, yes, these emotions come. We experience it. I experience it. You experience it. But 
the gap of you shifting it for us is very small. Where the average person can fall in prey to the ego's lies, the depression, the anxiety, the panic, stuck in the past, stuck in the future, fearing the unknown and reliving their stories of their past. You and I and those of us who are more awake and aware to this truth, the gap is the suffering is way less. It could be minutes, it can be seconds versus hours and days and weeks and months and years. So that's the difference between a spiritual, intuitive, and awakened person and a sleep person. So people can really use these tools, the things that we're talking about today, engage their life to see what are they living? Are they living in their left brain logic or are they living in their intuitive creative? Yeah. Yeah. It's very easy. Very easy. Amazing. It's simple. Yeah. God is very simple. Yeah. It's not difficult. (laughs) But people, the ego wants to make it difficult. A lot of times when I first started this path, I was like, it can't be that easy. (laughs) I literally was fighting like God and myself. It can't be that easy. But it is that easy. It's just creating the habits. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Because we created the habit of being toxic. Mm -hmm. We can create the habit of being ourselves. Like you said, getting back to your kind of default state, right? The balance. Yeah. It's literally the balance, that perfect center where you're not pulled to anything. You just are yeah. the I am. Correct. For me, when I started working on that more in, in the past, if I think about being in the present moment, it was somehow like teaching my dog to stay next to me or to sit because sometimes they would either go forward or they would then do something in the back. So it's like my, my thoughts going either, okay, looking forward, I need to do this email, I got this meeting to do, I got, and then you got this, all of these things going on. And then you start thinking about what happened in the past. And I could have done that. I could have done this. I could be living here or there. And at the end, you're just spending so much energy on whatever is ahead or whatever is behind you, but you're not really spending your energy on where you are today. Exactly. Yes. Which is why children and animals are the best especially dogs. I have a dog too. Yeah. They're magnificent. They're just <laughs> angels in our lives. Yeah. They're so present. Yeah. yeah. That's so true. And now we have a dog since a couple of years. And I just thinking to myself, it is so amazing because I'm just observing this little creature and there's so much we can learn from them. Absolutely. Number one, getting back to our unconditional love selves. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Because they are. Yeah. They're unconditional love. <laughs> Now I'm very curious about your books. You've wrote so far two books. The first one, Mm -hmm. I just want to maybe try to visualize this myself. How did you get to write all of that content? Did it just come to you or was it more from your experiences that you've had so far? So both of them, it was a combination of channeling information, wisdom and sharing the experiences, not only from my growth and expansion, but for my clients as well. So it, both books are really the combination of that. The second book is, I would say there's more channeled information on there, messages, guidance, poem-like messages that came through. It, it So it just all depends. For me, I was never planning. I never thought I would ever write a book. Like, who am I to write a book, right? But there was this sensation inside of me thinking that not everybody I can help around the world. But what I can do is with this simple tool, I can reach to people and I trust that my book will reach those who are meant to read it. My biggest intention for my first book was to just let our world know, humans and people know that there is another way. That the you know the traditional way of doing things and trying to heal is not the only way. There are other ways. 
the greatest way to me is the reconnection to yourself, obviously. And I just felt like that's such a strong, and I know there's a lot of other teachers and healers that share their books as well. But I knew as much as no matter how many self help books that I read, spiritual books that I read, we're all ultimately saying the same thing, but through our own energy and language, because those who will read my book and others books, and I feel like the more that there is, the more that we share, the more that we can influence, because if there was one book in the world, People will be like, yeah, okay, but is that truth? But if there's a hundred thousand different books in the world on the same topic in the same truth, people are more likely to be like, oh, okay, then this feels like truth because everybody's talking about the same thing, but a little bit differently. Yeah. So that's why I feel like I could have just sat there and said, well, there's all these other teachers and healers and they're bigger than me and this. <laughs> I'm not going to write a book, but I just felt so like that there was this gut intuitive feeling inside of me that you need to share this information. And I've had clients tell me such beautiful, beautiful things of, oh, you saved my daughter's life because she was suicidal. By reading your book, she may change her mind. Or like my kid was in the mental institution and your book was the one that gave her the courage to change her life. Like I've heard things where I was like, even if I changed one person's life, even if I saved one person's life with that information that I shared, which I'm not saving, they're saving themselves, but me sharing that information became the catalyst of them saving themselves, then I've already done my job. Yeah, so true. And the great thing about putting everything into a book that even after you have left this planet in a physical form, it still will live there. It will still be there for others to learn from it. Exactly. Yes. That is so amazing. Because <laughs> back in the day, you know, all of this information that we're sharing now was considered witchcraft and yeah. it was burned, it was destroyed. And yeah. so now this time around, we're actually able to share this information. Yeah, so true. <laughs> That's why we came back because our karmic stuff, we had, you know, we haven't completed that cycle. <laughs> I think that's probably not an easy question, but regarding schools, yeah, because kids, as you said, they, they're already born with these, uh, well, we can say superpowers, but it's a power that we all are born with, and then it gets lost in the way. How come the schooling system turn out to be that way that people are just not taught all of these things and they just taught what we are actually taught today in, in the classical school? How do you think it, it came to that? I'm not sure how we came to that, but whatever that is, I always consider it as control. Hmm control of humanity, control of population, because if everyone in the world, honestly, is awake and aware and living their best life, can we be controlled by politics or religion? We cannot. So true. And that's why it's about control. It's about the ego. I don't yeah. want to give it too much power, but quote mm. unquote, I'm going to say ruling this planet. Yeah, yeah. And that's what it is. And that's why we are forced to forget how many metaphysical schools are out there. Sometimes I tell my kids, I wish there was truly a Harry Potter school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like kids can go and learn magic. <laughs> hmm. If you envision that, maybe you could create yes, the first... We manifest yeah, it, right? Oh, the first Absolutely. schools. Because at some point of time, it should yes. maybe be possible that one could start something Absolutely. like that. Yeah. Yes. 
Because I was thinking, what was the beginning of uh, all of that schooling system like we have today? And and I was looking at the history, and I'm thinking a lot of it actually came like from the industrial revolution, where they needed to have a lot of people who were, were the workforce for all these large corporations, and yeah. they needed to be yeah. followers. You know, they they were need to learn yes. how to just uh, obtain orders and have that hierarchy. Like in school, yeah. yeah, I'm your teacher. You need to sit down. You need to listen to what I got to say, and you need to follow the rules. Exactly. And you know, yeah. and that's like the perfect employee in one of those yeah. industrial corporations. And that's what schools dictate, yeah. which is why I homeschooled my children. Yeah. And my children are successful as they are because a lot of times families don't realize that homeschooling actually frees your child. Yeah. And it's actually even better for the state because the amount of money that the state actually pays for a homeschool child is a fraction of yeah. the cost of what they pay for a child to be in a regular school. But yeah. regular schools... I don't know how it is in Spain, but here they're glorified prisons. They are caged. There's chains on the gates and there's barbed wires in some schools on top of it. And they're only allowed out certain hours of the day. The rest of the time they're in classes. I went to regular school here when I moved here. My parents couldn't afford private school. And that's why I vowed never to put my children in that process, in that situation. I kept them in private schools, but eventually I realized even private schools, even religious schools, it's the same system. Yeah. So homeschooling my children freed my children that at 16, my daughter started college. Wow. And at 15, my son is already taking college courses. <laughs> Amazing. And they think your children are homeschooled. They're sitting there as a mother and opening the book. No, the system is built in such a beautiful way. There are teachers and there's programs. They're actually preparation for college because now my son taking college courses, that process is the same, how they log into their course, how they meet the teacher online and how they do their work and how they teach his children responsibility. Teaches them to, you know, follow the guidelines of what you're learning and when you need to submit it. And But you also have the freedom. Yeah. Instead of nine hours of your day, like an employee, yeah. you're in the classroom. And most of the time, the teachers don't even teach. They're too busy yelling and screaming to for kids to quiet down and yeah. listen or don't do that or don't do this. Like Kids are checked out. Exactly. And then in the classroom, it's a lot harder because every child learns differently. Oh, yeah. Half of the classroom can be bright and get bored because the teacher has to try to keep up with getting those slow children to learn. So the smart kids get bored. They give up. And then the kids who are having hard time are still having hard time. So everybody's failing. Exactly. So then the school system fails the children. Yeah. And then if we don't have this bright, awake, aware. This is why it amazes me. I'm like, what are countries thinking? Who's going to lead in the future if this is our kids' future? Who's going to lead? It's so good that we spoke about this topic. I didn't have it in mind to speak about this during our conversation today, yes. but I think it's so important that people know that are, the listeners actually realize that there are other options out there, that you do not have to be following Absolutely. that one way of doing things with your children, that there is this option B, option C, doing yes. homeschooling and that when you do homeschooling some have that vision of oh my gosh that means I'm going to be now seven hours sitting with my kid with the book next to them and that's not the way nope I am completely hands off I'm with my clients my children are doing their own thing they are responsible enough they're getting their work done they're 4.0 students and they're succeeding because they're not wasting their time they're getting done the same work that they would waste nine hours in the school they're getting it done in two to three hours 
And the rest of their time, I made sure my children do what they love. My daughter loved art, so she's now in architecture school, and my son loves computers. So since eight years old, I put him in Java and Python <laughs> courses, and now he's taking a college course, and his teacher found out at 15 years old his knowledge about Java and she's like, you can test out of this class. Like, you can even pass it and go take yeah. higher courses. And he's only 15 wow. years old. Maybe soon they'll put him as the teacher. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I told him that. I said, you can start yeah. teaching. Amazing. Yeah. So it's so important for us to give our children the opportunity to be themselves and never to forget. Because ultimately, this is what our goal is to help us remember. But why do we have to forget until our 30s and 40s to then remember? When we don't have to yeah. ever forget, if we give our children that chance to never forget who they are and why they're here and their mission. My greatest goal from the moment that I had my children was to help them be themselves, to love what they do. Because what is the point of wasting us any time? 10 years I wasted in accounting. For what? Because I was told, what do you mean? Hypnotherapy? Oh, healer? Therapist? What? <laughs> you can't make money doing that. It's a lie. Yeah. You can do, as long as you love what you do, you can make it successful. So true. I think that's also one of the messages which is very important for all parents out there listening to this episode, that they could also maybe tap into their own intuition if they go to those schools. And as you said, yeah, some schools are actually quite scary places to be. And if you as a parent go there and you can just say, what is my gut telling me? Is it telling me that I feel comfortable here, that I feel joyful here? Or is it telling me, oh my gosh, I'm feeling a little bit of fear. I'm feeling a little bit of anxiety being in this place. And people can really decide what is the best thing that I I should do for my children. Exactly. Yeah. Christine, could you tell us more about your newest book that came out not long ago? Yes. So the newest book is Wisdom Unbounded and a Guide to Alignment, Freedom and Peace. For me over the years, as I grew and I saw my clients growth, I noticed that in us awakening, the greatest joy that we end up experiencing is freedom. Because freedom is not living life in fear. Freedom is not limiting yourself. Freedom is just so many things. And all my life, I felt like I was so seeking for freedom, but I didn't know what that meant until now with this world. I know what it means to be free. To be free is to not live in fear. To be free is to trust. To be free is to have faith. To yeah. be free is to know that everything always works out. And so my second book just basically was me helping my clients understand because a lot of times people would contact me and say, well, I've been doing all these affirmations, but it hasn't worked. And I said, the only reason why it doesn't work is because there's so much baggage from your past that it's feeling your energy field, it's feeling your mind, it's feeling your body. How do you build on that? When, let's say, if your cup is full of trash and you try to pour water into it, what's going to happen? It's just going to overflow. Or if you try to build a cake on top of trash, it's not going to work. So having said that, this book is more so helping people understand that, number one, about our energy centers, the seven energy centers, the chakras. I don't know if you're aware of them, but every single one of our energy centers holds emotions and stories and memories. And because our body holds 
memory. It keeps score of every story, every experience, because a lot of times the subconscious can heal, can let go, but the body's still holding on to it. That's why when I do my sessions with my clients, it's mind-body-soul work. Therefore, the work that we do, the tools, techniques that we use, breath work, energy work, hypnotherapy, we're clearing, healing the mind, and we're clearing and healing the body. So my second book is more so focusing on that, how the body can heal when the mind heals and vice versa. Because mind and body are the same. They are not separate from each other. And as we heal the energy centers and clear the energy centers and bless the energy centers, you are basically a rainbow walking around. Your auric field is beaming and blooming and blossoming and people notice it. People notice and my clients tell me all the time. They're like, oh my God, we've only done one session, but people are already going, what did you do? Your energy is different. You're responding. So you're so much more calm. You're so much more peaceful. So that's what it is. That's what the book is mostly focusing on. The freedom, because in freeing your mind and body, you free yourself and you live your best life. Amazing. Well, I can call that. That's truly magical. <laughs> because we are all magic and we create magic. We just need to believe that we do. Because magic is real. <laughs> And I'm not talking about card magic. I'm talking about spiritual, energetic magic. That's right. <laughs> well, that is so fantastic. So I'm going to put all of that and also your book and where my listeners can find you. It's all going to be in the show notes. And I'm sure there will potentially be a second episode to our conversation because there's so many great topics we can cover. So thanks a lot, Christine. It was so fantastic to speak with you today. And I hope to see you soon again. Thank you so much, Juan. I hope to see you as well. Thank you. Bye-bye, Christine. Bye. This was an amazing conversation. I hope this episode with Christine has made you think more about the way we do things in our lives and that we all have more power than we think. We all have the capacity to use our intuition by keeping an eye on our feelings, emotions, and what kind of questions we should be asking ourselves. Before doing anything else right now, I encourage you to reflect on what was discussed today and think about how you're leading your current life and how you would like to create your future life by starting to visualize it in your mind. You will be surprised how strong your thoughts will attract the new reality into your future life. In the show notes, you will find all the links where to find Christine and her services. This podcast was sponsored by Wave Business Excellence Footprint, a digital training company that cares about your career development, your personal development, and the well-being of this planet we call home. On the website www.wave-bef.com, you will find a total of 22 courses. Seven of those are designed for managers and 15 courses are designed for employees who strive to become the leaders of tomorrow. I value your feedback and I would love to hear from you. Please rate, subscribe and share this episode with those whom you think will profit from this information. Your support means the world to me and it motivates me to keep producing content that adds value to your life. I look forward to seeing you in the next episode. Big hugs everyone. <laughs>